welcome to the season one reflection episode of One Step. We've made it through one season, guys. We're here. Basically, this is going to be a space for us to go deeper together. I'll be looking back at last week's episode, and since this is the final episode of the season, I'll also be sharing my reaction to season one as well as yours too. I'm your host, Ingrid Nilsson, and last week on One Step, I talked to Erica Anderson, who is executive producer for Kara Swisher, about her journey to recovery and sobriety. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that interview, make sure to go and check it out. On this week's episode, I'm going to be reflecting on my conversation with Erica as well as the entire season as a whole. Let's get into last week's episode, talking to Erica. And yes, Erica is my girlfriend, in case you didn't know. And it was really special having her here doing an episode of the podcast. I definitely had butterflies in my stomach and I feel like anytime we're in a new situation together, particularly if we're in a like professional environment and our paths cross, we just get especially starry-eyed with each other. So it was just sweet having her here too. We actually had a really incredible conversation and I am so grateful that Erica chose this space to talk about her sobriety and recovery because, you know, I've known Erica now for over two years, so I've known that this is a part of her life, but it just felt really special that she came here into this space to talk about her experience. And there were several things that really stuck out to me. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is her view on her sobriety and recovery. And when I asked her, you know, is recovery a forever thing for you? She really pulled it back to the present moment and was like, I'm focused on today and doing what I can today and not drinking today. And I thought that was such a simple and concise answer, but it was also really profound too because, you know, I've had multiple moments and just things happening in my life where I often will spin out into the future. And I think, you know, having goals is a really great thing, but this goes beyond a goal. It's really imagining the future in almost an obsessive way where it's pulling me out of the present. And I thought it was really wonderful that she reined it in and was like, I'm only in control of what I do today. And today I'm not going to drink. So that I thought just made you know, I think longer term goals, whatever they are, that made it more digestible for me, thinking about it in the sense of what can I do today that is in line with that goal? And every day that's going to look slightly different. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this podcast because, you know, these big changes and shifts and transformations that we go through in our lives, often we see the end result of that or something near the end result, but we don't really get to see those smaller steps. And I think pulling it back to today makes us realize that every day we are in a small step to our larger goals. Another thing that I thought about, and Christina and I were actually just talking about this, is how we often just have this like singular image of what an alcoholic looks like or an addict looks like. And so much of that is informed through the media that we consume, the movies that we watch, and the TV shows we watch as well. And typically what we're seeing is this rock bottom where a person is on the streets and they're totally alone and it looks like they have lost everything. And that is a very singular image that we have been fed. And not to say that that imagery isn't true and that isn't the reality for some people because it very much is, but I think when we only see a singular image of 
what something is, it makes us think that, oh, well, I'm not that, so I can't possibly be going through the same thing. And I tie this back to my queerness and how I always stuffed away my attraction towards women inside of me because I would see this very narrow image of what lesbians looked like and I thought well I don't look like that or I don't act like that or I'm not living my life in that way like none of this is really relatable to me in any way whatsoever so I can't possibly be a lesbian and I think that there's definitely a correlation here and I think that that can be really harmful when we don't see the different paths in which these parts of ourselves can play out in various ways and so I loved hearing Erica's story about you know putting down that beer at the concert and that was really like her moment of okay I think there's something going on here and then waking up that next morning in her corner apartment in San Francisco and having another moment of enough this is where it ends for me. That isn't the image that we're used to seeing. We're not used to seeing the like sunny apartment. We're not thinking about the person having a really exciting and new and shiny and glamorous job to the outside world. And so in a lot of ways, Erica's story is just so polar opposite to what we're used to. And I think for me, just meeting Erica and knowing her, it opened up a whole new world for me. When I say that everything that I had thought before was challenged and shattered, it is so true. And it was shattered in the best way possible because it made my view of the world and the people in it so much more expansive. And I think that is ultimately a beautiful thing. Like it gives me goosebumps to think about that. And it came from meeting one person. I also really, really loved when Erica talked about her sobriety being the number one priority in her life because I think as women, especially, we are brought up to be caretakers for other people and we're often told and even encouraged to put our personal needs aside in order to please other people. And the fact that Erica came in here and was like, you're not my number one priority, Ingrid. My sobriety is that is the number one spot for her. I have so much respect for that because she is putting her well-being first. And in this culture of self-love and self-care where we're seeing these words thrown around all the time and sometimes the things that are associated with those two phrases can be very superficial. This felt like something so deeply personal and really on a higher plane of existence, something that, you know, is beyond the realm of um, face masks. It's something that is very much present in all of her daily experiences. And I thought that that was just so beautiful. And it made me think about, okay, well, I may not be sober, but what if I viewed my self-care and self-love practice in a similar way? What would be the number one thing for me? And I actually don't know what that thing is. So this is actually a really great question for me to be asking myself. And I'm going to be exploring this now probably for at least the next few days, possibly weeks, maybe even months. Who knows? But I'm really glad that this question came out of her response because now it's making me want to dig deeper and figure out what is that thing for me? What is the thing that is the number one priority when it comes to my self-care that isn't just about me but touches every single thing in my daily life? So 
That's my challenge. I've been challenged once again by Erica Anderson. And I think the last thing that really stuck out to me is how remarkable it is that at 13 years old, she knew that she was going to have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Even if she didn't have the exact language for it, she didn't know exactly how it would play out, there was something inside of her that told her, oh yeah, this is a thing. And again, like I tie this back to my queerness, not saying that like my queerness is like a disease, but I think that there are so many things that our child selves are aware of. Like we know ourselves just instinctually and inherently on this deeper level because we haven't been fully inundated with the broader culture and all of the people in our lives yet. And we do have this acute awareness about ourselves when we're younger. And I often find that the older I get, the more I keep revisiting that little girl inside of me and realizing, oh my God, she was so right about so many things. And I knew from a young age that I had an attraction towards girls. I didn't have language around it, but it was something that was just always kind of there. And I think that, you know, sometimes we can write off our younger selves and not take them seriously and think that they didn't know anything. And I think that in some cases, our younger selves actually know a lot and we can learn a lot from them. And I think that this example from Erica, that really resonated for me, especially in this moment where I feel like I'm revisiting that little girl inside of me. And I think it's also a place of healing too, to go back and remember those moments. Like when I asked Erica, she immediately knew what age, like the moment. I think we all have moments like that inside of us that we remember. And when we get in touch with those moments, it might be initially painful, but when we learn to have compassion for what was happening, when we are healing ourselves and on this journey of healing, I think that one of the biggest things that we can do is go back to our younger selves and thank them for the awareness that they had and the gifts that they have given us and to tap into that well of just awesomeness that we often forget about when we get older. So now let's move into reflecting on season one of the podcast in general. I just have to say right up front that this has been such a cool experience. It's definitely been a creative process. There have been learning curves and it's just been really fulfilling and enriching overall. I've really enjoyed putting this podcast together, thinking about what the episodes are going to be, and reflecting on all of the episodes from this last season. I just feel like, wow, we did that. That's so cool. So let's go back to the very first two episodes. So I'm going to kind of do these in pairs because we have like the interview episode and then the reflection episode. So the first episode was Mommy Issues followed by To Be a Mom or Not to Be. And this was around my conversation with Angela Garbs who wrote Like a Mother. I think that some people were initially surprised that I chose motherhood and parenthood as the topic that I was entering into this podcast with, but I think once people listened to the episode, the response to this episode was so incredible because it didn't matter where people stood in terms of their personal stance on whether or not they want to be a parent. There was something that they were pulling away from the conversation with Angela. You know, I think one of the coolest things that came out of the first two episodes is our first ever podcast club meeting that we had at the wing in Soho. And it was a group of 10 people in one of the conference rooms at the wing. And it was just so incredible to be with people who had all listened to the podcast, who were all there to talk about the first two episodes. And I felt like our conversation just flowed. And as someone who is an introvert, 
One of the best parts for me was knowing that there were other introverts in the room, but everyone participated more than once, and that felt like a real victory. When you get the introverts in the room to participate not once, but more than once, I just thought that was so cool. And everybody had a completely different life experience too and it was so cool to hear how the different life experiences informed their perspective on parenting and whether or not they want to be a parent. Angela's publisher Harper Wave has also been really incredible to us. They gave us books to give to everyone who came to the podcast club meeting which was such a wonderful gift. So everyone that came got a copy of Angela's book as well as a Sugar in the City lip treatment, which is my collaboration with Fresh. So it just felt like a really fun gathering. And as a part of this gathering, I also asked for feedback from the group of people there and Christina and I worked on this together and some of the things that were requested during the podcast club meeting, you know, wanting to hear stories that we don't typically hear. So topics that we may be familiar with, but the individual story isn't something that we're used to hearing. And I think that that is 100% something I am interested in. I think the episode with Erica is a great example of that. And I'm excited to see like what we can do more around this general theme. Episodes around friendship were also highly requested, and spoiler alert, we are actually already working on this for season two, and we have a guest confirmed, and I'm really excited about who this guest is. If you follow things that I'm reading, then you might know who this person is. Is But if the topic is friendship and there's a book on friendship that I've recently read and you know what it is, then you'll know who the guest is. But I'm very, very excited to talk to this person. And in terms of the podcast club in general, we will be having two more meetings in New York City before the end of the year. So before everyone kind of breaks for the holidays, we will be planning two more podcast club meetings. So if you're interested in attending, I definitely encourage you to sign up. We will be posting announcements on our Instagram, which is One Step Podcast. So that's definitely where you want to be checking to see when our next podcast club meeting will be happening. They're really fun and it was just cool to see people show up. I mean, the number one fear is nobody's going to show up and the fact that everyone showed up, I was like, well, this is already a success. Everybody's here and now I'm just excited to continue this because it really does feel like such a special space where we have the freedom to have these conversations that we may not have in our everyday lives. Moving into the episode with Nitika Chopra, one of my favorite people just ever. She's such a light in this world and her episode was When Your Body Betrays You and the Reflection episode was Sharing the Thing You Want to Hide the Most. So when I was talking to Nitika, I remember her talking about sharing photos that she had hid for 17 years and how she came to that decision. And it wasn't this impulse decision because one, she had been hiding the photos for 17 years. And so it was something that in a lot of ways she had been doing her own work around. And I love how she brought up in the episode the things that we are trying to hide the most in us are usually the things that we've done the most work on. Like we formed an awareness around the shame that we might have. And I just remember sitting there with her and having this brief moment of, oh my gosh, I know what the thing I want to hide the most is. What she's saying is so true. This is 
a thing that I have done so much work around, if not the most amount of work around. And oh my gosh, is this going to happen? And I just remember looking at Nitika because we were sitting across from each other. This thing that I was hiding inside of me, this story just felt so big and heavy and scary. And hearing Nitika's story and looking into her eyes, I had this moment of, oh, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay because Nitika has done this. And I think it just has to do with Nitika's presence too. She made me feel like that was a possibility for me. And I felt safe in that moment, just even contemplating it for a second. And all of this happened in a split second and then it went away. And going into the reflection episode, I had been planning to talk about something else because obviously my brain came into play and was like, let's not go there. You don't have to do this. Like, it's not totally necessary. The people who matter in your life, they all know this story about you. Like every excuse that I could think of was there. So I had actually planned to talk about something else. And then as we started recording, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel this story coming up inside of me and I can either deny it and push it down or I can let it come out as it wants to come out clearly. And my body was actually sending me that signal. Like this was a physical experience for me and I let it come out. And that was another split second decision where, you know, I think about sometimes my life in terms of piggy banks and what I'm investing in and the piggy bank of integrity and honesty or the piggy bank of denial and lying and being unkind to myself ultimately and betraying myself. So when I thought about it in terms of those two piggy banks, I was like, where do I want to be investing this coin? And I chose the piggy bank of integrity and truth and courage and it was unexpected so I didn't like have a script or anything laid out but I told the story of how I lied about graduating from college and it was scary I couldn't believe that it was coming out when it was coming out it was almost like I was having this out-of-body experience briefly where I was like my mouth is moving and I can't believe these things are coming out but when I reflect on it now you know I realized that that really was the only choice and only path within my integrity. There were other options, of course, but they were either slightly out of my integrity or way out of my integrity. And this was something that was looking to come out so much so that I felt it in my body. And I'm really grateful that I paid attention to what my body was saying to me because since releasing it, I have not felt that same feeling in my body because it's out of me. And the conversations that I've had from people after posting that episode, I was telling Christina this, that I had gone into that week that the podcast was going to go up and I was a wreck. Bless Christina because (laughs) I was up and down, like very up and down, just like emotionally. I would have days where I was like, great, this is awesome. Like I'm living my truth. And then other days where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I think that's when you know that you're like in a vulnerable space when you're really just like toggling back and forth before you like release it from yourself. But I told her that going into that week, I had just been having a conversation about miracles. So someone had presented this idea around miracles and how miracles are actually a small thing that can happen in our lives every day. And so I loved that idea and I remember asking for a miracle that week and it wasn't a miracle of I'm hoping that people respond to it in this way because I knew that wasn't within my control and one thing that I try to practice is to not try to control outcomes but to be present in what my actions are. So when I was asking for this miracle, I asked no matter what 
happens, please help me to be drenched in love. That's what my miracle was. I had to think about it for a second because I was like, I need to get past like the response from other people. I need to get past these first few layers. What would truly be a miracle for me? And because I carried so much shame around this for so many years, the miracle and the antidote to shame is love. And the day that podcast went up and the days following, I received text messages from people that I know and some that I don't know very well who just poured love into the messages. And when I saw people, they were so incredibly loving and kind and I was in awe that the miracle happened. And the response from you as listeners has also reflected love and you know the letters that we have received the messages people sharing their personal stories some people even experiencing almost the exact same thing with grief and lying and lying about a degree like to know that there was someone else out there who experienced basically the exact same thing I thought to myself oh my god for all of these years I thought that I was just completely alone in my exact story and there's another person out there at least one other person who has felt this and has experienced this and I've freed myself and I think that's my ultimate reflection I feel like a different person after letting that go I feel like I've really stepped into who I'm meant to be right now and who I'm meant to be right now is someone who is not ashamed of her past and her story I for so long was just ashamed of taking a different path in life and having a life that people around me didn't have whether it was having a sick parent growing up and no one around me having a sick parent or having a parent die when I was younger and I didn't know anyone else who was my age who had lost a parent and then you know I was in abusive relationships I was raped and I was going through a lot of shit and so the fact that lying and creating a story in my head that seemed safe and predictable and comfortable like that makes sense to me that that would be my coping mechanism because I didn't reach for other things but we all have to reach for something we all have coping mechanisms in moments of darkness and it's all gonna look different for every single one of us and this happened to be my coping mechanism. What I've realized now is that I haven't gotten a job because I've said that I have a degree, but actually my career path is a path that I kind of accidentally found that happened to not require a degree. And I followed that path. And I have let go of that coping mechanism and I'm not afraid of my story anymore. And that feels like a really, really big deal to look at my past self with compassion and to know that there's so much healing that has happened and that I'm proud of myself. Like I couldn't imagine 10 years ago being in this place where I'm like telling this story. I've gone to events. I think it was last week, Christina and I were at an event and she was like, in one sentence, you mentioned money and dropping out of college. And that was amazing to see. And I was like, oh my God, I did do that. And to just know that that's the place where I'm in now where I'm telling the truth about who I am and I'm going to continue on that path and I'm going to learn more about myself and just have more compassion for my past self. That makes me feel really good about all the work that has led me to this point and I'm so grateful to have this space for the podcast because this could have come out in different ways, but the podcast felt like the space where it wanted to come out. And I'm glad that I listened to that instinct. Okay, I made it through without crying, thank God. 
The last two episodes that I'll be reflecting on are Money Equals Lots of Feelings with Chelsea Fagan and The Money That Changed Everything. Since talking to Chelsea, we covered so much. But the thing that has really stuck with me the most that I keep thinking about now months after talking to Chelsea is that when you don't own your story, people start making assumptions and filling in the blanks for you. I think this especially applies to your financial story because we all make assumptions about people, whether it's based off of how they present themselves, what they're buying, what their job is, and stepping into transparency around finances in the moments that matter with the people who matter, I think is life shifting. And I've gotten text messages from people that are like, the next time I see you, I really wanna talk about this more in person. Like I would really love to hear more from you. I wanna share like what my experience is. The coolest part about that is that ultimately it's people claiming their stories for themselves and taking back that narrative instead of letting other people fill in the blanks. And for a long time, I let other people fill in the blanks of my life for me, whether it was what I was expected to do, go to college, have this job, or after starting my career on the internet, what I should and shouldn't be doing, what I should and shouldn't talk about. And I'm just kind of done with that. From childhood all the way up through my professional years, I have been told not to talk about money. I've been discouraged to talk about money publicly. And now I'm just like, I will talk about money when I feel like I want to talk about it. And it's the space that I want to do it in because I'm not ashamed of my story. And I think that this episode with Chelsea and then the reflection episode really helped me to dig in deeper to what my financial story is and it's something that I'm still in process with and I'm still learning. I feel like every single day I'm learning something new but it does feel really powerful to be in this place where I'm owning my financial story and I'm talking about it and I'm talking about it in professional spaces. I'm talking about it with my friends. My friends are sharing their stories with me. You guys are sharing your stories with us. That just feels like a big freaking deal. Now we're gonna be moving into your reflections. Here's what you had to say. Hi, Ingrid. My name is Rachel and I'm from Michigan. And I just finished your episode with Erica about her sobriety adventure and journey and how she's doing in recovery and all of that. And I wanted to say that the episode really resonated with me because last night I went to my very first Al-Anon meeting to kind of deal with my own mental health journey in regards to an alcoholic that I love dearly and that's in my life. And I'm on this kind of weird spiritual journey that also just culminated at me realizing that I needed some help in attending Al-Anon. And so I feel like it was some sort of almost like a divine intervention that this is what your episode was about today. And I really appreciate breaking down the stigma around alcoholism and sobriety. I think it's really great. And I've really enjoyed your podcast so far. I really can't wait to see what you have in season two. Hey, Ingrid. I've honestly connected with all of your podcast episodes so far, but this one has hit really close to home. It wasn't alcohol, but I had another addiction to drugs, specifically marijuana. Basically, I have been using it since I was in my teens. And when I finally came out as gay, I kind of used it as a way to cope with how people were going to treat me and the anxiety and the fear that I had that everything would be different and worse. But luckily, I met my beautiful girlfriend and, you know, she finally said something to me and it wasn't that she was forcing me to quit whatsoever and she also made that really clear that if it was something that I wanted to do, you know, that there needed to be a different way about going about it and actually doing it. And I just kind of you needed to hear that to see that I didn't need it and I don't want to do it. So it's been a few months of me being sober and I haven't 
even wanted to try it again or felt the need to do it again it was almost like a barrier between me and my girlfriend and just any emotional connection we could ever feel it was like i had so many things happen you know um just like personal issues that have happened throughout my life that i was just trying to hide and keep to myself it just all started to boil over and i just wanted to use any kind of barrier i could so that i wouldn't have those emotions come out and now I'm definitely more emotional but that also means that I can be closer to my girlfriend in our relationship and it also shows me that it's okay to be vulnerable and people still support you no matter what but um yeah I'm just excited for what the future holds for you bye hi Ingrid sober life is the very first podcast I've ever heard I know I'm a bit late to the podcast party, but I am so glad I did. And now that I'm here, I'm here to stay. I had been debating sobriety for a while. After losing my dad, I felt that alcohol was the only way I could connect with him. It doesn't help the fact that he himself was an alcoholic. It was just a very complex way that I was trying to find some form of grieving or support through alcohol. Even though I've had realizations about it, I just never had the courage to actually act upon it. And I can completely relate to Erica being scared of not being able to have a drink again. It's scary, but it's been a week that I've been sober. I've made the decision to not drink anymore, take care of myself. I'm trying to be more present. I've taken up meditation. I've been trying to make a change in my life. I'm trying to do it one step at a time. Thank you so much for being a catalyst for that change that I've made. Thank you so much, Ingrid and Erica. Hi, Ingrid. So I just listened to your podcast about sharing the thing you want to hide most, as well as the podcast on Soul Sugar about your friendship with Carrie. In both of these episodes, you talked about your relationship with the coping mechanism of lying, and I just really, really appreciate that you spoke about that. It made me realize that I had been doing the same thing, and I don't love that I've been doing that, but I'm so grateful that I know about it now and can start the process of coming out of that and being my most authentic self. I also just want you to know that I love that you're a queer woman of color that's talking about hard stuff and taking up such a wonderful space and doing everything that you're doing so elegantly. Keep talking about the hard stuff and know that it's helping at least one queer girl out here. I appreciate you, Ted. Thanks. Hello, my name is Marissa and I'm calling from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the first season of the One Step podcast. I just wanted to know if next season, uh, Ingrid, you were going to focus on more queer people, uh, whether they're in literature or pop culture, just because I know that being part of the LGBT community yourself, that is an angle that you take with a lot of your content. And as a member of the LGBT community myself, I would really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for calling in. We are definitely planning to make episodes that are more specifically LGBTQ focused. I hope that you were able to listen to Erica's episode around her sobriety because we do talk about queerness and sobriety. This is a topic that is really important to me and I would love to do episodes that are more specifically focused on this topic. But I think one thing that has been really cool about this first season is, you know, the things that we are talking about because I am a mixed race queer woman the things that we're talking about, the perspectives I'm sharing are coming through the lens of a queer experience. And I feel really 
proud of myself for stepping into that space and really grateful to have this space. And that makes me really excited to talk to other people about their experiences. Like having Erica here and talking about queerness and recovery really like lit up this part of me where I was like, ooh, I want to have like more queer conversations with people. So if any of you have suggestions for guests that you would love to hear on the show, definitely let us know. It could be an author that you really love or maybe you just have like a general topic you would like to have covered. We are open for feedback here. Hi, Ingrid. My name is Sandra Costa and my favorite episode has been the one about finances. I thought it was very honest and there were a lot of topics that I haven't heard in other podcasts about personal finances and all of that that I've heard here and also being part of uh, the LGBT community. It was nice to hear about that as well. Anyway, keep up the good work and I'm excited for season two. Hey Sandra, thank you so much for calling in. This voicemail has actually inspired me along with the previous one. Now my wheels are turning and I'm thinking it would be really cool at some point in the future to do an episode that is specifically around queerness and money because that was something that Chelsea brought up during our talk together and I think it would be really cool to focus in on that because it really isn't something that I have heard a lot about at least not in like one designated spot I've heard like little tidbits here and there and like personal experiences from people that I know and of course I have my personal experiences but I think it would be really cool to just make a full episode around this. So TBD, or maybe it's TBC actually, to be continued. All right, so now we're gonna be moving into questions that we have received in written form. And I'm bringing in Christina, who is the producer here on One Step, and she's gonna read the questions and we're gonna answer them together. I thought it would be cool to have you here, Christina, since you're literally always here sitting next to me. Hi everyone, this is Christina. So our first question, and it was actually really appropriate because we wanted to talk about this anyway, but what will season two include? So we've been thinking a lot about season two. We definitely have the friendship episode planned since that was requested and I immediately knew who I wanted to talk to, but what are some of the other things we've been discussing? A lot of the feedback has been around hearing different paths. For example, with Angela's episode, hearing different paths to motherhood, other versions of what life can look like. And I think that's something that's really interesting to me. So I'd love to have that on the podcast too. Yeah, I agree. Especially just around like parenthood alone. Mm -hmm. There's literally like at least seven different episode ideas that could just stem off of that topic. We also want to have the community featured heavily in the episodes too. We have really enjoyed having that interaction with you. So I would like it if you send the people that you want to be featured because that's a huge part of our process and making this happen. Yeah, definitely. And it's really cool too to like hear voice notes and voicemails from people and to hear actual voices because, you know, we're putting voice out there, but to receive it back feels so special and personal. It feels like, oh my God, the person called us. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, in the beginning, I was like, am I going to have to have my friends call and leave voicemails? (laughs) So just having, we have not done that, but just having your voice on the podcast, all of your voices has been really great. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm just thinking about our friends would totally call in too if we needed them to. (laughs) Okay, so the next question is, I want to see the setup of your recording. Just curious. Okay, so we have actually been recording mostly at the YouTube space in New York. They have a podcast studio there, but today we are actually recording at The Wing in Brooklyn. So after we're finished recording today, we'll take a photo and we'll post it on our Instagram account when this episode goes up so then you can see 
what it looks like. But we're actually in a pretty cool room today. It's really cute. Yeah. Let's see. The next question is, how much money are you making off these podcasts? We are actually in the red on the podcast because we haven't had any ads running this first season. And we also decided to go in a route where we're not tied to a network. So we fully own everything. And if you're not familiar with like how podcasts work, networks are basically groups of podcasts. And often one of the most valuable things about being in a network is that you're cross-promoted in other podcasts and that gives you more visibility they usually provide connections with advertisers and facilitate those relationships but we didn't take that route you know i remember talking about this with christina and i was saying you know this is our chance to really figure out what this podcast is to play with it and then we can work with advertisers in future seasons. But I think it's actually been really cool having the first season ad-free. We're hoping that in the future we will become profitable, but this was something that I was definitely willing to invest in, and so I have put my own money into this to support the podcast. And also just for transparency, when we recorded the YouTube space, that space is free for creators that have 10,000 subscribers or more and I happen to live in New York so it's within super close proximity Um, it's really convenient to use their space there and then today at the wing we had to pay for the recording space and also the equipment and then we also have Tung here who is our amazing audio engineer and we pay her too so that that's kind of a look into what's happening in terms of the expenses for the podcast. The next question is, what's the most difficult thing to do about the entire podcast? I'm going to let you answer this one first, Christina, because I feel like you this is your first time doing anything podcast related. Right. So I'd say there are a lot of steps that go into making a podcast that may not be immediately obvious, like working with a sound engineer and finding a host for our RSS feed and making sure that every episode makes it to all the different platforms so that you can hear it and securing all of the amazing guests. And I have a lot of experience creating content online, but I've never worked on a podcast before. So everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it for the first time. So I would say that for me, the most difficult thing is not beating myself up because I want it to be really, really good. And I think Ingrid deserves that. I think this community deserves that. And so I have really high expectations, but I'm also trying to show myself some grace too. But I really do hope that you love the podcast. Well, I think you're doing an incredible job. I have been saying to people that I know how really incredible it has been for me to see you step into this space and just figure it out. And when I listen to the episodes, when we're going through the editing process, I am just so impressed with how you have stepped into it. And I think you're doing an amazing job. So you deserve the grace, but you also deserve a lot of praise too, because you, I mean, this first season is even better than I had imagined it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And the last question is, do you regret sharing any of your vulnerable moments? How do you keep life and work separate? Well, I've been on the internet for 10 years now, so if I said I didn't have any regrets, that would be a lie. (laughs) Because I think any of us who have been on the internet just in general, we've definitely... I mean, just scroll back to your old Instagram photos and I'm sure you can find some things there. But yeah, I definitely have small regrets. I can't think of like the smaller ones right off the top of my head right now, but just in general, like a bigger regret that I have is sharing intimate and personal life moments that... I wouldn't share now today and so I think that's ultimately the thing about regrets they 
are things that we recognize in this point in time we would not do and that's why it's a regret if we regret something we've obviously done a lot of learning to get to that point and for me one of the most important things in my life are my relationships with my friends and also my romantic relationship with Erica my relationship with my mom my relationships in general are a really big deal to me and what I've learned over the years is that it's often the smaller moments that you typically won't see on camera or like in an Instagram photo or like hear me talking about those are the moments that I really cherish the most and I did go through a phase especially in my early years of just being on the internet and on YouTube where I didn't have any boundaries and I had to figure out what my boundaries were by crossing over them. And then I started realizing, oh, that doesn't actually feel good to share that. That actually feels like something I want to keep as a part of my private experience. And so over time, I've learned what feels good for me and what feels like I'm betraying a personal aspect of my life and I think we all especially now that pretty much everyone is on social media and is connected to the internet we all owe it to ourselves to have a personal life and when I go into sharing moments of my life and my experience or even having Erica on this podcast there are conversations that happen if I'm sharing something about myself I talk about it with myself I write about it I know why I'm there to share it and my deeper intentions behind it if someone else is involved we have like multiple conversations we talk about what our boundaries are what we will and won't talk about and I think ultimately that's just given me a lot more peace and it's interesting how setting boundaries where some people I think confuse boundaries with like putting up a wall and shutting people out I've actually noticed that setting boundaries in my life has allowed me to go deeper into my story and my experiences where I'm actually sharing more meaningful information when I want to share it. And that's what feels good for me. I'm living authentically through my work and I'm living authentically through my personal and private experience as well. All right, everyone, that is going to be it for season one. We're going to wrap it up right here. Thank you so much to everyone who is listening and who has listened to this first season. It has been an absolute pleasure being here in your ears on the internet. If you liked this season, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with a friend too because we love friendship. So, you know, we support sharing things that you love with your friends. You can find One Step on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at One Step Podcast to stay up to date. We have a lot of things going up on the Instagram account, even though this season is over, we're still going to be posting posting and interacting over on the Instagram account. So while you're waiting for season two, you can talk to us there. Thank you so much to our producer, Christina Cleveland, who made her debut today on the podcast, which I'm really excited about. Our sound engineer and editor, Tung Chen, and our studio, The Wing Dumbo in Brooklyn. Take care, and we'll talk soon in 2020. Yay, we did it!